understand that even when people in self-employment have um, individual business credit cards or financial accounts, the money that they're making is impacting their personal finances. It's what whether or not they can put food on the table for their families, all the way to making their mortgage payment or even paying for their lease at their brick and mortar retail store, right? So um, they are they are utilizing that money differently than like a corporate enterprise would utilize that money because it impacts them personally. So having personal and business finances visible together is a huge piece and no one does it. Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill cheesy humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women with errors in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Joto PR the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to another industry leader that has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. Today's dialogue is all about the seismic shift happening in the small business and freelancing world. In an era where traditional employment is being redefined, we're spotlighting the undercurrents that are reshaping the landscape. What are they? A childcare crisis propelling women back into self-employment? A staggering 27 million sole operators seeking simplicity in complexity? Oh my gosh, that's the name of the game. And a booming gig economy with 60 million freelancers. It's mind-boggling. And did you know 39% of adults in the U.S. are hustling on a side job? So what is that, all that complexity in numbers doing? It's creating an urgent need for a unified platform that can scale with all these diverse demands of modern entrepreneurs. There are 73% of small businesses that are aiming to consolidate their services onto a single platform. It's more than just a trend. It is a survival strategy. So enter our guest, our game changer, our disruptor. An all-in-one financial management platform that's the brainchild of a product leader with over 20 years of experience. She started when she was 10. (laughs) She's engineered a solution that's not just a tool, but a lifeline for those navigating the complexities of running a business single-handedly. Welcome, Rhiannon Scherer, Chief Executive Officer of Palo. Hi, KJ. Thank you for having me on. Hello. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on, having you on my show. Now, let me ask you this. Do you say Palo? Is it Palo? Palo, yes. Palo. Okay, awesome. All right, before we get into Palo and, you know, all of this stuff, tell us, what's your fundamental ingredient for disruptive innovation? Mm, I'm really glad you asked. I think that it is a proactive 
approach to everything that you do. So we are live in a world where everything is reactive. And instead, when we are able to see what is going to be happening in the future, that now becomes that proactive approach and response instead of waiting for something to happen uh, that we have to try to solve. You know, I really love that aspect. And I know a lot of disruptors and innovators, they're always looking into the future about what they can do. Let's talk about this proactive approach that's happening right now. And I just touched on it a little bit. And this came from you. We do have a childcare crisis Mm -hmm. and we have women uh, (laughs) going into self-employment in droves. This has been Mm -hmm. happening since especially women who have children in the household under six years old. So before they're able to go into school, absolutely. Wow. Do we know the numbers of that? I mean, I know it's trending upwards, but it's trending upwards. So the entire rise of self-employment post-pandemic is being attributed to the women that have left the work and entered into self-employment so that they can also manage their households at the same time. So they were corporate leaders as well that are now coming into self-employment according to uh, the research that I've done. Wow. And then I didn't know this, 27 million sole operators. Yeah. Now here's what's crazy about that, KJ. So these are registered businesses. As in, they have actually established themselves as legal entity businesses. Small businesses in the United States, there's 33 million of them. Those are considered 500 employees or less, okay? 33 million total. 27.1 million of those are sole owner operators, meaning that they don't have any employees, They are doing it all themselves, and those are just the registered businesses, not including the freelancers and the side hustlers that may not need to be registered businesses or entities. They're just doing pass-through accounting on their personal taxes, for example. That's still a humongous number. Huge, yeah. I mean, it's the vast majority of those registered small businesses are trying to manage everything themselves, not just their business, but everything that goes along with it. So interesting to me. And then we have 60 million freelancers. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at anyone from an influencer to um, a software developer that may be developing for as an independent contractor, but isn't actually a registered business. Uh, So you have those freelancers as well. Wow. And then tell me about this. 39% of adults are hustling on this. I didn't believe it either. Okay. So I was thinking about it though. So my dad, my dad is a ventriloquist. So he worked at Hallmark Cards for his entire life, his entire career. And he threw boxes in the trucks. Yeah. But he also would go to the Renaissance festivals and be a ventriloquist there. He would go to the International Ventriloquist Convention in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, and um, perform there. And so you look at like side hustles and what side hustles are. They're they're really paid hobby. They start off maybe as hobbies, but they turn into something that's paid. Or maybe they're driving for Uber, or they are going, uh, or any rideshare company, or they are 
doing um, in-home cooking, right? So like anything that adds on to what their regular W-2 employment job is. My sister makes cakes out of her home as well as has a full-time job that's usually like 60 hours a week. Oh my gosh, that cake sounds amazing right now. (laughs) You know, okay, good. So we got a lot of people working. We have some productive people. America is a productive country, for no doubt. And there's this big issue as far as, now we didn't even get into time, but time is a big aspect. So you're a sole operator and um, financial management is a huge part of that hat, right? Or the Mm -hmm. many hats that you wear. And of course, sole operators and business owners, I mean, they spend a lot of time doing many hats, but what is happening when they're having to handle their finances? What's the status quo of that today? Like the time, the tech stack, the this, the that. Absolutely. So let's talk about the time and we'll kind of break it down as to what that covers. So because there are all of these different financial management products and solutions that um, solve individual pieces of finances, just business owners, small business owners who are managing for one small business are spending 221 million hours a week managing across all these different platforms and products and pieces and parts. Think about your receipt management, right? That might be inside of your QuickBooks file Mm -hmm. and you're doing your reconciliation there. But what if you put something on your personal card that was really a business expense? Mm -hmm. Now you're having to manually get that into your, your QuickBooks file. If you did it vice versa, right? Same thing. You're having to pull that out and put it somewhere else. You're having to use products to track your miles so you get the right tax deductions. Well, you're probably oftentimes driving your car for both personal and business reasons. And so now you're having to sort that out. Where did I travel? Where did I go? Record all of that manually. You're having to work on your credit score personally, right? You want to make sure that your credit score is in the best shape it can be in. Uh, You are budgeting for both your personal side and your business side. Across the board, you're using anywhere from three to seven different products in order to try to piecemeal together a solution. And that is costing 221 million hours a week from people who are just trying to do their business. They just, they want to produce their product or their service. They want to deliver to their clients. And instead they're spending the vast majority of their time doing all the rest of this. And That's the reason why 73% of all small business owners that were in the survey by American Express said, we're looking to consolidate that to one single location. And that was just earlier this year that this awareness is coming about, why am I using all of these different things? They believe that it will have a 71% increase on efficiency by consolidating down to one single platform and a 50%, KJ, 50% increase in profitability because now they don't have to be 50%. 50% is what this literal article survey said. And it's because now they can actually take all that time that they were spending doing all of this financial management and put it towards actually 
growing their business, serving their clients, billing those hours and selling those products. So of course, it's going to lead to an increase in profitability. Yes. You know, that is significant. You know, it's interesting. And we're just talking about financial management here. Just, but I just learned today from someone in the MarTech space Mm -hmm. that there used to be 150 tech apps in MarTech, right? Let's talk about time efficiency. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you know how many there are today? Oh, I'm, I don't. I am guessing thousands. 11,000. And then I know in the e-commerce space, just with Shopify alone, there's like seven, 8,000 apps, like plugins that you could do, right? Mm-hmm. Like at one point, this was a solution. Oh my gosh, a plugin, this helps me. Now it's becoming so defragmented, right? Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, I would imagine... There's much more room for error in financial management when you're going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Right. Well, and not only that error with manual processes and just human error in and of itself, but also think about the cost that's sunk into each one of these apps that you're utilizing, right, that you may forget about. And now you have the subscription sitting out there that you're paying for, you're not even utilizing and you forget about. So it's, it's absolutely the time sunk, the human error, but also all of this additional expense that you're forgetting about because you've tried it. Maybe it didn't work like you wanted it to, or you found a different way to solve that problem. You still have it sitting out there. And then there's the security because when you overcomplicate things, (laughs) people start to get less and less secure. So Mm -hmm. they are emailing files to their accountant. They're downloading things onto uh, insecure formats, right? And all of a sudden, now you have this huge potential for someone to potentially be able to access that and use that against you because this is your financial data. Right. It's like what became the solution to the problem has now become the problem, right? Good way to put it. So with all this going on with financial management and we have Amex, like when did Amex do that study? Uh, I think that was March of this year. It was March or May. It was one of the end months. So it was 2023. So this is very recent data. And I think it's really come about because people are seeing how many different products and tools that they're using. And they're thinking, but wait, I have one phone with all of these products on it, right? I don't, I don't necessarily need to be using all of these different products if everything could be in one thing. And I think that awareness is coming about now. Yes. Yes, it definitely is. Now, while that sounds like a simple solution, (laughs) we all know disruption sounds simple. And because we go, yes, logically, of course that should be done, right? It's not so easy to do, Mm -hmm. right? What are some of the challenges that you have faced in this? Like you've obviously seen a proactive solution to this, but what are some of the challenges, but what are the rewards? Uh, Well, there's of course, personal rewards, just giving back and helping people and knowing how their lives have been changed. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but those challenges, I think, Probably every listener 
can identify with the challenges of caring and being passionate about a problem and it not being a quick solution, especially when you look at very important things like regulatory, security, financial data. You have to start somewhere that is able to be scaled while not just checkmarking a box for the sake of getting a pass by whoever is auditing it, right? But truly understanding why that piece is important and how to deliver it in a way that it doesn't limit the next thing you want to do, right? And the next value you can add to your clients. So that is massive. And that's a foundational layer that I think regardless of what business you're in, it's one that you're going to face as a challenge. And also it's so important as all of the new technologies and processes are coming out in the world. So biggest challenge is there for sure. The second biggest challenge is really understanding what simplifies things for people, for a real person. And it's not about, again, checkmarking those boxes or filling in a field on a form. It's about delivering something that helps their day be better. Whatever that they were spending time doing, let that time be repurposed to their benefit. So when we look at that challenge specifically, it's the things, it's talking to people. And it's talking to people that are just starting off or may not even know that they want to start off in self-employment. So this, you know, directly relates to, to Palo, but I think it also is holds true for any business out there. You want to talk to people and you want to understand what their workflow looks like when they are my sister who's juggling her son, a full-time job, baking cakes, having to order supplies, having to figure out her cost of goods sold, her budget, and even understand, did she spend more on making that cake for this wedding than she would have if she'd made three cakes that were smaller for a um, birthday party, right? So so all of that that she's dealing with, and, and she's just dipping her toe into this, all the way up to some of our clients who are managing multiple businesses, multiple income streams. At the end of the day, they all have the same problem, but what you build and how you solve those problems may be a little bit different. And that's truly what sets Palo apart. And it's also what leads to those rewards. Because when you can offer something to someone and it starts with someone like my sister and works all the way up to someone with multiple businesses. And you can see the same uh, sigh of relief. And you do these video calls with them and they tell you their stories about how you were able to solve their problem. That's, that's the biggest joy that I think anyone can get from anything in this world, regardless of where your passions are. That sounds so good. You know, I understand how that is because, you know, when people really are, it's making a difference in their life and you can see the true benefit, it keeps you going. You know, so we've been talking theoretical about this, but give us some of those success stories. 
Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorites is uh, the one of our clients who is in real estate. And he has multiple different businesses inside of the overall real estate umbrella. Um, and he was saying that he was managing each of these businesses inside of his QuickBooks files, right? So he had to have seven different ones. And he talks about his kids who um, will go into his DoorDash account and order DoorDash. <laughs> and uh, they wouldn't remember to change it from the business card to his personal card. Uh. And all of a sudden, he's having all these business expenses show up that he's like, that was not a business expense. And I don't have a receipt for that. Right. And so he's trying to figure out like where that's coming from. And then he's spending all of this time trying to pull that info down, get it back into his personal account. So it's not showing up as a business expense. That's massive, right? Just there, that stress of not knowing where something is coming from is huge when it comes to a solution that Palo provides. And then I think the other pieces of that have to do with, oh, wait, you mean I have these maybe four different credit cards that I use. And going into each of them, I can see they do a very good job how much I'm spending on, on dining out, right? But consolidated, I can't see that against my overall budget because I like to optimize points. Probably a lot of people do, you know? And so maybe I'll spend on one card one month, a different card a different month. But when that now shows up in my budget consolidated and I can see how much I'm actually spending on dining out across all of my financial accounts. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should cut back a little bit on that and eat at home today. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Those are great success stories. How did you decide like how to tackle this and where to start? I mean, you're talking about what's most important and the workflow, I know workflow is super important when you're building IT products, but how did you start? So I will always say that no great solution that has ever come to be comes from one person. So we have a team, um, myself and then uh, my co-founders and a CTO as well that have experienced self-employment ourselves and also in our families. And we saw the problem, but we didn't know how to solve that, right? And all of us came about it from a slightly different space. I've been in IT product, business strategy for almost 25 years, 20, 20 to 25 years. My But my last seven years has really been in fintech, in the fintech world. And for me personally, going about solving it was how do you make sure someone knows that if they pay their kid's orthodontist bill on December 31st instead of January 15th, they could unlock all of these additional deductions in that prior year, right? So that's where I came from it because I felt like everything was so reactive. How do we pull all those insights and information that an accountant is usually giving to you when you go to file your taxes up to throughout the year? And then others that have experienced those 
specific pains of creating a PL, of having all these multiple business lines, um, your, your fractional workers that are on our team that are looking at this from their perspective, where they're touching the elephant, right? And they're saying, this could be solved so much simpler here. And what we really did was say, well, that's not a product. That's a platform. Mm. And on a platform, you can now build these products that all work together and seamlessly. And so it feels like one product, but it scales from that, you know, freelance toe dipper all the way up to multi-business owner um, based upon what they need. And really where we landed with that was what are the core pieces of what needs to be solved? And then we'll scale from there. What do the 27.1 million people need? Whether they are one small business or freelance job or they're seven to 10, what are the core pieces that will simplify their lives? What are the core pieces that will simplify their lives? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I think is to understand that even when people in self-employment have individual business credit cards or financial accounts, the money that they're making is impacting their personal finances. It's what whether or not they can put food on the table for their families all the way to making their mortgage payment or even paying for their lease at their brick and mortar retail store, right? So they are utilizing that money differently than like a corporate enterprise would utilize that money because it impacts them personally. So having personal and business finances visible together is a huge piece and no one does it. Wow. Until power. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. And that's probably one of the number one pain points. It, it really is, especially when it comes to budgeting. Think about all those Excel spreadsheets that we all set up, right? Um, or Google Sheets, right? And they work great when you're like, oh, and here's my steady employment income. And here's all my bills, right? But when now you take that and you don't know what steady employment looks like necessarily, or you don't know how much extra income you're going to be earning, you need to start being able to budget and view those things together and understand where you can allocate the money that's coming in, whether it is going to go to pay a personal bill or it's going to go pay a business bill, right? That That is your entire financial landscape. And like I said, without anybody showing that to you and it being visible to you, you're now jumping between multiple places to perform one task that's really your, your daily making sure that you have enough money where it needs to be to accomplish your business growing or your personal situation getting better. Yeah, I can completely see why that increases 50% in profitability. You'd save on taxes. <laughs> I mean, not only efficiency as well, but you know, you prevent a lot of mistakes and you probably prevent a lot of lost income. Exactly. And the next piece of that is going to be receipt management. This 
word that I hate to pronounce, reconciliation. (laughs) It sounds like it should be in a marriage app or something, right? But (laughs) reconciliation. Colonoscopy or something. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So when you look at that piece and that component of it, everybody takes their receipts, they shove them into a drawer, they shove them into a plastic bag that they either take to their accountant or they send to their accountant later in the year. Think of like the receipts and how that paper starts to fade, right? And now you, at the end of the year, that receipt back in January, do you even know what expense it lined up with? No, no. So being able to capture those and automatically using artificial intelligence, right, that is able to extract that information straight from the receipt, but go through all of those accounts, whether they're personal or business, and go, oh, there we go. That's where it goes. Now, when you say, oh, yeah, that was my kid's DoorDash. Let me swipe it over there, right? And that's all it is with Palo is if you need to correct something that has been auto-categorized differently, then you just swipe it. And that's reconciling app. Swipe it over. Right. But all <laughs> that stuff is right there for you. You don't have to worry about storing that receipt anymore. It's attached to the expense. Understanding the taxes, understanding what's coming up and what's coming down the pike when you are a small business, but also personally, like we were talking about earlier. When you go on a drive. You know, was that your Sunday drive or were you running errands to be prepared for Monday morning when you had six client meetings that you knew you also had to drop your kids off at daycare? You did have to go pick up something for for your friend and which you then have to go back and try to sort out what trip did I take for what purpose? It's no longer necessary. With Palo, it records all of it. And you say, oh, that was, yep, that was me going to pick up these goods that I needed for the business. Oh, yeah, that was dropping my kids off at school. Uh, Oh, yep, that was when I was running an errand for my friend. Brilliant. Brilliant. We talked about the budgeting. We we haven't talked about as much as all of the reporting, Mm. right? Like, who wants to do reporting? Um, It's almost as bad as reconciliation. Right, exactly. Maybe maybe worse. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So because all of this data has been moved up into a proactive approach, KJ, we don't have to sit there and run reports anymore. Instead, now it's all at your fingertips. Oh, let me see my profit and loss statement. Bam, there it is for this business. Maybe you have two businesses. Oh, let me see my profit and loss statement for that one. When you swipe, because... Storage expense, right? Goes on the personal. Guess what? Updates automatically. Profit and loss statement. That's then amazing. You have all, all those visual insights. This is how much you've spent in this category, but that's across everything, right? And then you can see it by the business. And so you know, hey, I've overspent on client entertainment this month. I've got to back down off of that. Now, there's all of these pieces that Palo has specifically to support that. So if you have products or you bill for services, there's a product and services catalog right there. So you can go tap, add it to the invoice, shoot the invoice off and get paid right through that invoice. 
in the method that you prefer, whether that be Stripe, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App, et cetera, you, bank account, right? All of that information is already on there and your client just scans a QR code to pay that invoice. You don't have to do anything more. And then you bill time, right? Some, some of our clients bill an hourly rate. Maybe that's variable by client. They can track their time right in Palo. If it's for this client at this billable hourly rate that they've already set up inside, now they just tap it and it goes over to the invoice. They receive those payments faster. When I look at invoicing for cakes or for musicians who are working gigs, right? It really takes that mental process of, did this person pay? Did they not pay? Did I tell them how much they owed? All out of it. Everything's tracked in one place and updating as they get paid or if there's an outstanding invoice, alerting them to let them know that it's overdue all in one seamless location. Wow. And what does Palo mean or stand for? Is it just a a name that you came up with or does it have a meaning yeah. with all of this? The, the, the meaning was really what doesn't end with Lee like, <laughs> <laughs> or Phi, right? Like everything right. ends with Lee or Phi right now. Right. Um, however, it really is something that is simple, um, something that is different from everything else that's in the market that usually really targets one specific area of your finances instead of being holistic 360 view of everything that you have. And that's really how we came up with Palo. I got it. That's cute. So, you know, in disruption, there's always some sort of interruption or change of an economic network or whatever. What what are some of the things that this replaces or could replace for people? Yeah. And, you know, I think for for individual purposes of a specific task someone's getting done, a lot of the products and tools out there are good, Mm -hmm. right? But it's only for that one thing. So when you look at what you're paying across the board for all of the different things you need to buy into, purchase, have a subscription to, what you're really looking at is QuickBooks, Mint, although Mint is going away, but Credit Karma, right? Um, You're looking at MileIQ, you're looking at FreshBooks, you're looking at whatever method of invoicing you're using today which typically speaking, KJ, is going to be you putting something on a Word document and trying to go through your notes to figure out how many hours you had worked for someone. There are also all of those products out there that just do time tracking Mm -hmm. or just remind you what you told this client you were going to bill them. But again, all in one place. So think across the board just with products like that. Then with tax filing. Of course, you have TurboTax, you have H&R Block, you have um, accountants, which are absolutely fantastic for just that thing, but they're all reactive to what you've already done versus being able to pull all that forward and know where you're going to stand and be able to file taxes right through Palo. That's a game changer for people as well. Wow, that is a game changer. 
totally. How do you see the future of fintech with, you know, this sort of product and, you know, other platforms coming on, not just fintech, but other platforms coming on and reducing the waste and inefficiencies? Yeah, I think that the future of fintech is rapidly evolving, right? Because of access to data. But with that access comes security scenarios, right? And so I think that it is it is so difficult to really understand what those things look like that it's why we don't have more fintech players in the same space that Palo is in. It was only because of who our team is, the founding team is, and our already knowledge of the space that we were able to execute that so rapidly to create that secure platform. I think it's also a a trust issue, right? So when you look at um, generative AI, for example, I mean, big topic, right? I sometimes think that um, in the last year, uh, probably 100 million people who couldn't spell AI and suddenly spell AI, right? Um, but you look at those tools and technologies and the real question is, where is it sourcing its information from? And how does it take into account your personal situation? Mm. Right. So although I love technology and I can't wait for more players to enter the fintech space um, and make things even better for the self-employed out there, for the the single parents out there, for the um, various scenarios in which fintech really applies. I think we all do have to be cautious that we are putting our trust in in products and platforms that have that deep knowledge of what is the right thing to do and also have those values of what is the right thing to do versus what is the sexy thing to do, right? Because you can attach um, a chat bot to it. Very well said. That's my opinion. Yes, very well said. Well, it comes down to the integrity of those that are building these solutions, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so what do you do outside of Palo? Like, what are your crazy passions? Well, let's see here. So I am currently located in Galveston, Texas, just arrived yesterday, um, along with my dog over there who is sleeping because that's what she loves to do. So uh, I'm a location independent dog lover. I love exploring new places, whether it's in the United States or outside. I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm a Midwesterner, um, spent the all of my career in, in Kansas City. Um, before becoming location independent. And I love making jewelry. So like upcycling things and using different rocks and stones that I pick up along my journeys in order to to make jewelry. It's what gets me away from the computer screen. (laughs) So if I, you know, show up with my Etsy you know, <laughs> yeah. here later. No, not yet. Just for myself. And you then can put that I, business in Palo. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then um, I also am a 
I wouldn't even say a junior, but I, I like to hunt mushrooms. So what? like a, a Midwestern thing, I yeah, think. Yeah, that is a totally a Midwestern thing. Isn't yes. it? So yes. a little bit of a mycology um, nut on that as well. But I think that goes along with like the rocks and the shells for jewelry making. And then the dog walking and hiking that goes along with it. So it all really <laughs> You're blends eclectic together. And you all fit into one platform. <laughs> exactly. Okay, what's the favorite cake? that your sister makes that you're that you um... so she makes all of these different types of icing and she makes all of her own um flavors from scratch Mm -hmm. and she will do and it's strange because i you know i don't typically veer away from eggs or dairy or things like that but she somehow makes these amazing vegan cakes Um, and I know if I bring a vegan cake somewhere, anyone that I'm bringing it to can eat it. Uh, and I, I'm just always so impressed, but I think one of my favorites from her is going to be a pretty standard one, except she makes her own flavors. So it's going to be that red velvet with cream cheese frosting. Mm -hmm. And she puts a dash of bourbon in there with that cream cheese. Oh, it's wonderful. It sounds delish. All right. Tell our listeners how to get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. I am the only Rhiannon Shearer in the world. (laughs) So uh, R-H-I-A-N-N-O-N, just like the Fleetwood Mac song, Shearer, S-C-H-E-R-E-R. You can find me on LinkedIn, you know, slash Rhiannon Shearer. You can Google me. You know, you might see some jewelry pop up at some point in time if I ever get away from just wearing it myself. (laughs) That's awesome. And what is Palo's website? Palo.com. P-A-L-L-O dot C-O-M. So Palo.com. You can also find us on the App Store, the Play Store, and of course, all of the socials. Fantastic. And before we end off here, what is a final food for thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners? I would say transparency is the name of the game today in anything you do. And whether you are working your job um, and you're going in every day or you're working from home still, or you are getting into self-employment, you know, being transparent in everything you do and being trustworthy is the number one thing that has at least helped me succeed in my my roles, whether in corporate or or self-employment. And I think that we all we all need to be more transparent because as as the future is changing through technology, what's real and not real is going to start to get more and more blended. And we can only be true to ourselves and be those that trustworthy party in everything that we do. Brianna, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I learned so much today. And I know our listeners that are really looking for and and are actually doing things to help SMBs and small businesses survive and get a leg up and compete with the Goliaths are really going to love this episode. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you, KJ, so much. I appreciate being able to spread the power of Palo and empower the self-employed. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, that's a wrap, everyone. If you learned something today, go tell someone about this podcast and tell people to go disrupt the markets with a tidbit from this show. 
Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal healthcare or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links. Do not create an agency client relationship between Joto PR and the user.